Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Excited to be here live in my office with my buddy, Matt Hartline, on his way to be Dr. Matt Hartline. So thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you having me. I'm excited. It feels kind of like we're on, uh, what was it, Man Rampant, where two guys, you know, yeah. Doug, Doug Wilson sitting. Right. So you're Doug Wilson. You have the beard. Oh, man. You're Doug. No. I don't know who I I'll wish. be. But yeah. <laughs> so we're uh, going to just talk about several different things. You're going to get to know Matt a little bit. We've been buddies for a few years now, and he pastors a church, co-pastors a church with Pastor uh, Dr. Doug Fowler, or Doug, uh, Pastor Doug, we just said Doug Wilson. Uh, Ed Falgett yep. down in Cobden, First Baptist, the home of the Apple Knockers. That's right. And you function as a youth pastor. Uh, you're functioning as over educational stuff as well. Just tell, what what all do you do? Yeah. There? So, um, so I, I would I, I call myself at just one of the elders of First yep. Baptist. Um, and, uh, pastor Ed and I um, we take responsibility of pastoral ministry, uh, preaching. Uh, teaching so um you know what it, what does a uh, the ministry of the word look like um i preach on wednesdays teach through right now on sunday nights i'm teaching through the 1689 okay is that uh, going good it's going good yeah. yeah we actually just got out of uh the chapter of on the law of god oh very good yeah which will be helpful because we're talking theonomy today so that'll be helpful yeah, you need to put maybe some in post edit some uh, scary music when you say. Yeah, that I know, word. right? Yeah, or we need some. Uh, what, what do you have those uh, uh, reform thug life glasses that come yeah, down you over go. your eyes? That's so right. some people will need to post a warning, and other people we need to get those those glasses to yeah, come down you over just our put eyes. Put a caution in the uh, in the title. Right. right. Some Want people will be, beware. They'll they'll pump their fists <laughs> upon hearing theonomy, and others will run for the hills. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing with William Perkins. Uh, and in your dissertation, you're going to be writing on William Perkins and you're studying him. Yeah. So, so, so I'm in the, uh, got my MDiv, uh, in 2018 from Southern Seminary in Louisville. And I like that you didn't say the Southern Seminary. So thank you. <laughs> the Southern Baptist Theological <laughs> Seminary, flagship seminary. Right. Um, and so I've been in the uh, PhD program now, uh, for a couple of years. Uh, finishing up my um, my classroom work, and so comps in December of this year, and then getting really getting into my dissertation uh, on um, the father of Puritanism, William Perkins. Um, so explain that, because why is he the father of Puritanism, and why did you decide to go with William Perkins? So I went with William Perkins for for a number for well for a couple of reasons. So. You know, it's trying to, in in the, I guess the field of 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 academia, you know, you want to contribute something yeah. to knowledge. You want to, you want to enter into the conversation and add and add to the conversation of what's going on. Interesting thing about William Perkins. So William Perkins, 1558 to 1602. Mm-hmm. So very very early. Okay. Um, 1558 is really what you is the the Elizabethan reign, that's when she's crowned. Mm-hmm. So his entire life is under the Elizabethan reign. And uh, he really becomes the, um, 
one of the, if not the trendsetter within English Puritanism. So he okay. wouldn't, so he says he's the father of Puritanism because his teachings, <laughs> he influenced and taught many of the writers that would later come to construct and write, say, our, what we know as our historic reformed confessions, Westminster, mm -hmm. Savoy, and, you know, 1689. A lot of those guys were, they're all influenced by Perkins mm -hmm. and his writings. So that's why he's considered really the father. I'm looking at William Perkins because I want to strike while the iron's hot, essentially. Okay. His, his, uh, his writings have been out of publication. The full critical edition have been out of print for hundreds of years yeah which is a shame we were which, just talking yeah it's about a that. shame and 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 no one knows why i mean that that would be that would be a find to mm -hmm. understand what what exactly happened or at least develop a theory as to what, what right. happened but anyway so uh reformation um heritage books so not even banner of truth like banner no, of truth hasn't yeah. published him so uh that's the one so yeah reformation heritage is joel beaky mm -hmm. right so uh, and my advisor, Dr. Yule, was a, was a main editor in many volumes. So 10 volumes just came out. Mm -hmm. So with the fact that you have a brand new critical edition of William Perkins, who was so influential within the Puritan movement, mm -hmm. there's going to be the, um, uh, the want, or at least the ability to really start developing more of a an understanding of Perkins. So I'm looking at his, um, his doctrine of eschatological glory. Okay. So, um, how his eschatology, uh, the, the, the final state mm -hmm. of, of believers, how that, how that future promise and reality shapes his, his spirituality here and now, because okay. when we'll get into this, even in our own conversation, what we believe about the future mm -hmm. is going to have massive ramifications and implications in our present and they yep. just they just are yep. it's just how it is yep okay well let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get into some really serious topics real quick about how your deer season went and then we'll get into theonomy and probably some eschatology as well because it is all so intertwined yeah and uh but let's pray amen so father i just thank you so much for a friend and a brother thank you for all that you're doing in matt's life and in his family um, we're just so thankful for your grace that's upon us. I thank you for another faithful brother in this area. And God, raise up more and more Southern Illinois brothers and sisters that love your word. Raise up more brothers that are going to preach your word faithfully. I thank you for he and Ed and all they're doing down in Cobden. God, continue to bring increase. We pray that people would be saved, that babies would be born, raised in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And uh, you continue to do your work uh, in his town and uh, in this region. Lead this discussion. I trust you will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so how many deer did you get? Uh, man, this is so. This is a, an important. This is an important question. Right. I had the best, worst season, of my entire life. Okay. The best season, in that, it was the most. The most bucks. Okay the most shot at bucks that I've ever had in my life. Big ones. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I mean, but you missed, but I missed how, so too far. I missed. No, I don't know. What, what are you shooting with? You got, you got a scope. No, I'm, this, this is bow hunting. Oh, you're bow hunting. This is bow okay. Hunting. Gotcha. This is bow season. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, bow season. Um, I don't, I don't know. I have no, I have no, uh, I have no answers. So 20 yards out? I mean, 20, how far? yeah, 20, 25, 35 yards. I mean, that's just, that's. Miss high or low or just depending upon which deer? Depending upon the deer. 
And what would be, what was so frustrating is that I would then go and shoot for hours at a target and it would be absolutely fine. And you're not a novice. I mean, you've been bow hunting for a long long time. time. I killed, I mean, I've killed, I killed two deer with my bow this year. Uh Uh, But all of anything with horns uh, this year, I couldn't get, couldn't get, I don't know. Shooter's air, slit, nervous, adrenaline. I don't know. Um, It just, it didn't make any sense. It was a, exciting season just because yeah. i um i hadn't i'd never seen this many bucks your, your property or family property yeah it's family property yeah okay, yep. okay. Mm-hmm. so you have access to a lot of land yep stands yeah runs. i i don't have a I, i'm i'm fortunate to where i don't have to worry about um, kind of a place to go or mm-hmm. or going on public land and worrying about Somebody shoot me when I'm right to my stand. So now, do you just bow hunt or do you? I shoot? shotgun hunt, but it is that's more of a uh, that's a, that has always been bow hunting is like I would say that's my favorite. That's that's yeah. my love. That's what I love to do. If if I'm gonna do if I have the choice to do anything, I'm gonna go bow hunting. I shotgun hunt because that's kind of like me and my dad's time. Yeah. So it, it it's not I'm not a hardcore shotgun hunter. It's just more of a camaraderie with my yeah. dad. Yeah. yeah, so my default, as you could tell, was still thinking gun, but I did shoot one with a bow this year, one with a gun. My first was with a gun last mm-hmm. year, and uh, but I love bow hunting. It's And I had one, I was telling you right before, last day of season in my yard, full draw, yeah. 20 yards out, spooked her. Everything's got to go right, man. That's what I love about it. Yeah, it's Everything fun. has to be, I mean, you know, there, there are times when you can uh, kind of get away with some mistakes, but right. – for the most part, everything has to be right. That's so, what I like about it. So this year, I get an opportunity. You guys, I think, have heard me talk about this, but I get an opportunity to bear hunt in September. Yeah. So I'm going to Pennsylvania – or not Pennsylvania. That's where my buddy Joey goes. Uh, I'm going to uh, Minnesota. Okay. And it's about a 12-hour drive, and I've got a guy that's going to be helping me out. And he said I can come for free. I just got to buy the tag. And the tag is two hundred and thirty-one bucks. I'm looking for the spot on where the uh, where the rug. Well, the the rug. I keep talking to Jordan about this for some reason. She's gonna go in the living room. No, 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 the bed. (laughs) I mean, it's the bed. But she, for some reason, doesn't want a bear head (laughs) on our bed. I said, "Honey, you can be at the feet of the bed. It doesn't have to be in between us or anything." Okay. Yeah, I get it. But she's not big on that, so I don't know. Still praying about that. Where it's gonna go? Yeah, man. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be with you in prayer on. Okay. Thank you on those decisions. Okay, so we're talking about the boogeyman today. We're talking about theonomy. And why don't we, for everybody, especially anybody that may be nervous to talk about this, which would have been me, I would have been intrigued a year ago. Probably, I mean, 2020, I think, made more people <clears throat> theonomist. It made mo- more people, believe it or not, post-millennial. Mm-hmm. And it drove people to ask questions they've never had to ask before about God's law, um, about they've discovered sphere sovereignty with yep. Abraham Kuyper. Yeah. Um, there's been so many, for me, 2020 was intellectually rigorous. It was, it was invigorating to be honest, because I was driven theologically to think about things in a way I've never thought about them before. And with theonomy, just thinking about the goodness of the commands of God, the law of God, and even just what is sanctification after being so much entrenched in the gospel centered movement, which there's some really good things about, there is a natural default, I think, of suspicion about the law of God. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the law, as my buddy Eric Kahn says, <clears throat> the law is used only to kill. And so it's that Lutheran idea of there is no third purpose of the law. I mean, you're always circling around the first. Mm-hmm. 
And there wasn't a robust understanding of the second and the third. People talk about the neglect of the third use of the law, but my gosh, the neglect of the second use of the law yeah. is there as well. And so really most reform circles that I've been in had only an, a robust understanding of the first view, a view of God's law. And that's it. Yeah. It was it drives you to Jesus. That's it. Everything else is legalism. Uh, just stay in that first use. And that's where sanctification happens. But there was no understanding of the goodness of the law of God. So you've been in theonomy now for a, what, a decade? Uh, it's been a long time. I'm trying to think I've been at Cobden this, I'm going in on my 10th year and, um, starting, we started preaching through the gospel of John. And, um, and as I was preaching through, we were in a couple, a couple years in John and about halfway through the gospel of John, uh, there was a text, um, can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's something, there was something in the text that kind of sparked. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's a good one. Too. <laughs> I don't think that's it. We'll get okay. to that one. But, okay. But yeah, um, that sparked, it, it, it sparked my, my, uh, my curiosity within, within on my eschatology. Okay. And I was, I would say that I was, I was a post, a post-millennialist uh, before I was a theonomist. Okay. Pause real quick. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have Matt on, because in this resurgence, if you want to call it that, of post-millennialism and even theonomy, or just kind of a, a rediscovery of, of Rush Dooney, of Vantillian theology, or even Kuiper, down through Bonson, everybody discovering through, it may, maybe you came, uh, you're thinking through this through presupp presuppositional apologetics even, and, and listening to Bonson, or even stumbled upon Durbin, or whoever. Mm -hmm. Matt has been this in this a long time, and so I'm kind of picking his brain today. And uh, I've been in post-millennialism now for a couple of years, but theonomy and sphere sovereignty has been new to me yeah. over the last year. And uh, so anyways, proceed. No, so, um, you know, I, I want to come back to what you said about this idea of that there's this, this hard line um, between the law and the gospel. Um, but I love in, in the confession, uh, in paragraph seven, it says, neither are the aforementioned uses of the law, and we'll get into that, what mm -hmm. those are. Uh, not, not only are they are not contrary to the grace of the gospel, but do sweetly comply with it. It's mm, good. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's both. Mm -hmm. they, um, and, um, you know, I think of First uh, Timothy chapter one, where the, the law is good if it's used lawfully mm -hmm. and it is to be used in, um, in line with the gospel. Yeah. So it's both. Mm -hmm. It's both. Yeah. Um, now there are different uses and functions of the law. Um, but it is, it is not just, uh, the law is not to be just completely used to, to, to beat over the head. Yeah. And, um, Certainly does do that. Well, a simple, so let, let me ask you some questions because sure. you've been thinking about this longer than I have, but a simple entry point to me in this is that if you look at the image of God right now, the image of God is under attack like crazy. Owen Strand did a good job, I think, in re-enchanting humanity, identifying that anthropology is the issue of the day. Yeah. And, um, and so we're confused about what it means to be a, a part of mankind. Therefore, we're confused to in uh, egalitarian circles, soft complementarian circles, and most complementarians don't have a positive definition of manhood and womanhood. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, sanctification is stunted because sanctification <clears throat> is engendered. I mean, you're, you're sanctified as a man or as a woman, not as an androgynous human being. Right. 
So if, if we don't have categories of pos- and positive definitions of what God has called men to and prohibited men from, yes. or called men to and prohibited, I mean, called women to and prohibited women from, we don't have a, we actually don't have a framework for sanctification as a human being. Yeah. And so um, the, the commands of God to the gender is, a, is I think, a, a really helpful way to say what God says to men and women, that's not that is not wrong. It's good. Mm-hmm. And not only is it good, it's life giving. Yes. And even saying that the commands of God are life giving. Yeah. You know, you can, you can go to uh, Psalm nine, 19, yep. Psalm, Psalm 119. Yep. Um, and hear about the law of God and its goodness. And so some entry points is that, okay, the, the law of God doesn't only kill, it is life-giving. It's good. It's yes. like, it's, it's, it's sweet. Yeah, Paul in Paul in first Corinthians, or excuse me, in Romans seven said that the, that the law is holy, just, righteous, and good. Yeah. Okay. Right. So the law is holy, just, righteous, and good. Yeah. So uh, there's my positives. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, you can't say that the law is something other than those things, yeah. negative of those things. And, you know, when we talk about theonomy, Every, every Christian, I'm sorry, unless you're, you are a complete antinomian, then I would start to really begin to question maybe your orthodoxy on, mm-hmm. on some things. But all Christians are theonomous in some sense. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to have some, uh, a, a Christian who is halfway orthodox in their understanding. They're going to say, oh, no, I can completely reject the law of God. Because that's all the theonomy is. I mean, it's two Greek words, theos, God, mm-hmm. namos, law, God's law. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, here's the re- and here's the thing that for me is, is important is that law is inescapable. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot function. A society cannot function. Man cannot be governed. Man cannot live in without law. Yeah. It, all and all law and somebody, all law is simply a uh, legislative morality. Mm-hmm. It is not a matter. This is the thing that we have to come to grips with is that it is not a matter if, if law is going to be imposed upon us, it is whose law yeah, is going to good. be imposed upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mm-hmm. so if I have, we, we, we all have, we all have our standards. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we all are going to impose those standards. The question is, is who has the final say so yeah. of that standard? Yeah. Do we have, and a, a, a transcendent, objective, unchanging moral standard that is applicable across humanity, um, whereby we can judge something to be righteous, unrighteous, mm-hmm. uh, good, bad, right, wrong, evil, yeah, right. You know, so, so this was the issue that I had to 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 work with, and you know. Um, uh, a, a big name, Greg Bonson, RJ uh, Rashtuni, like these guys always kept asking. They always kept back, kept coming back to this question by what standard, yeah. right? That, that's the big, that seems mm-hmm. to be the mantra, but that is a good question. That's the question that I had to ask myself. Yeah. If I'm going to make a judgment upon something, mm-hmm. anything, yeah. and everybody is making judgments, everybody is, is, um, is saying this is right. This is wrong. This is good. This is bad. Okay. By what standard are you saying that? Mm-hmm. Is it a subjective standard or is it an objective standard? Do you yeah. have justification whereby when I listen to you impose your morality, your law upon me, mm-hmm. do I do I have do you have a justification that uh, that I have to submit to it? Yeah. Yeah. And those are the things that I wrestled with and when when I when I wrestled with that I either have to say, okay, I have really really only two options. 
God or man. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have any other, I don't have any other option. Um, and so look at man's law. Well, that's ebb and flow right. all through history that dude, it changes with the wind. Yeah. God does not change. So you're saying that uh, gender is not fluid. And even if it's in legislation through the Equality Act, that that can be wrong? Could be wrong. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. Is. And by what standard is it wrong? Because God has said. Amen. And it's simple. Like, that's what people are thinking about is, okay, why is that wrong in the civic realm? It's because God has something to say about that, mm-hmm. about objective reality, yep. about right and wrong, by what standard. So um, I'm reading Joe Boots' Mission of God. Yeah, so halfway through it. No, have you read that? I haven't. I actually, okay. you actually uh, inspired me to get it. I saw okay. your post on it and I said, I got to order it. Okay. So, so it's on the shelf. It's on the shelf. One of the things he masterfully does, and then I'm going to ask you to break down some caricatures of theonomy here in a minute. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Um, one of the things he masterfully does is he points out the fact that Puritans were theonomists. Gary North didn't discover this. RJ Rushdoony didn't discover this. Theonomy is not new. When you read the Puritans, they have a positive view of the law of God, mm-hmm. and they understood sphere sovereignty. Yes. And so Joe Boot, is, his argument is, guys, this is just, this is puritanical theology. I mean, this is a historical. This is nothing new. It's, it's a desire to see that God's word is sufficient, and it is applicable in all of life. So look at all of the world. This is what people have called worldview for the last 50 years. And look at the Bible and look at the world on the other side of the Bible and say, the God, the, God speaks to all of this. Yes. That's theonomy, in a sense, is that God has something to say about everything we see. Yes. And he does a great job connecting Puritan thought with modern-day mm-hmm. theonomists, which are modern-day Puritans. Yes. And it's phenomenal. So read that. Get that book if you don't have it. Okay, let's make, break up some uh, caricatures of, of theonomy. And this is where I was for a long time. Well, are we going to stone disobedient children? Is that what you're advocating for, Matt? Yeah. You want me to go stone my children because they disobey every day? Yeah. Um, what about everyone who commits adultery? Do we immediately pick up stones? First Corinthians 5, Paul doesn't call for the execution of the man sleeping with his father's wife. And that's what held me back, that right there, for a long time. How do we approach these things? So um, depends on who you talk to. Okay. Yeah, it does. So there are layers to theonomy. So just kind of, yeah. kind of break up some of the caricatures of theonomy that you've heard and, and then say why they're either a farce or why they're just a misunderstanding. Isn't this like Sharia law? Come on, man. No, uh, in fact, uh, and this is the thing, you know, uh, Rush Uni gives a, gets a, gets a very uh, bad rap. Uh, a lot of theonomists do. Um, first of all, I just want to do want to do want to address uh, the um, the disobedient child. It doesn't say okay. a child; it does say mm-hmm. a disobedient son. Okay. Um, and it is interesting, and whether you think it was just or not, um, for the longest time, even within uh, in in uh, in American in the American law, uh, if you had a re- repeat offender, a repeat felon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, at least at one point a, uh, I think maybe it was, it was the third strike, or th- you know, the third conviction of a, of a, of a heinous crime or a felony. Um, they were liable to the death penalty. Well, wow. where does that come from? Mm-hmm. That comes from that text right there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, let's, uh, no, it is not a Sharia law. And uh-huh. in fact, Rush. And it's, so it's not uh, when your child back talks you or doesn't, or is slow in cleaning their room. 
it, the, the scriptures, even in the Old Testament, are not calling you, uh, well, honey, walk outside. I'm going to pick up some stones and kill you because <laughs> right. you uh, didn't want to eat that food. Yeah, exactly. And it's, <laughs> it is interesting, um, you know, okay, so your, your kid is disobedient to you. Okay. Uh, is that bad? Mm-hmm. Is that by what standard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. It all goes back to it. Uh-huh. You could say like, man, you're just, you're wearing me out with this, but that's kind of, I guess my, my, uh, my van tilling me. I'm not going to get off my standard. I'm not going to get off my authority. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to give up right. my standard. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep bringing it up. Yeah. So and, and call attention to it when you speak. Correct. I mean, that, that is, that's and, I, so and, I, and I imply, I imply, I, I expect the same standard that I'm given to you to be put on me as well. Right. I, so we want consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put anything on you that I'm not going to want to have put on me. Right. But, uh, you know, Rush Dooney defines, he says the biblical doctrine. So in his book, sovereignty, the biblical doctrine of theocracy means the self-government of the Christian man. Hmm. So there's self-governance. <laughs> so we so we talk Which... about the different forms of, go- of, of government. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I've on in uh, Sunday mornings uh, in our Sunday school class, I've been taking it through since mm, April. Mm-hmm. I've been walking us through this understanding of of God and government, okay. and and breaking down what you mentioned earlier of sphere sovereignty. Mm-hmm. That you have that it begins with the self governing governing man, God's mm-hmm. institution. Then you have family government. From family government, you have church government. And then you have civil government. Yeah. And there's all different types of governments. You have different different sphere sovereignties, education, um, all of that. But all of these, all of these um, are under the the ultimate potentate, the the true authority, the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He 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 possesses all authority, and he delegates that authority specifically within those realms of government. Right. And those governments are not allowed to. Uh, intrude upon other governments uh, without said justification that, that right. they don't have, they don't have the right. We call that. They have their own limitations. They have their own limitations. Right. We call that intrusion tyranny. Yeah. And sometimes there is overlap at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, usually when there's an abuse yes. of authority from Absolutely. like when there's abuse of self-governance or yes. family governance, the church is to step in yeah. and to say, okay, there's, there's discipline there. There's yeah. proper order. So um, a big, a, a big, a big, uh, and you actually had him on, on your show. Um, but um, the lesser magistrate. Oh, doctor. Matthew Trella. Yeah. 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 So that, that when I was coming, that, that actually was the kind of the, the middle part. So I kind of was holding on to a post mill position and then I came across this, this just f- fire preacher uh-huh. <laughs> up in, and he was talking about. Oh, his, so you've been listening to Truella? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He is fiery, man. I yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dude, this, I got this guy talking about the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. Yeah. Like, what in the world? <laughs> and I'm listening to, it and I'm like, dude, this is rich. Uh-huh. So it was the doctrine of the lesser magistrates that ultimately really did push me into um, under uh, theonomy. So when did you read that thing? Because it was 15 when it came out then. So we can kind of put a timeline. Or no, was it 11 uh, that it came out? I'd have to see. But it, okay. was, it, was, it was right, that was right around the time. Right around the same time. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And by the way, guys, this is a plug for the intensive. This will be coming out, this interview. I think there's probably like a month left. The intensive is the 4th through the 6th of May. And you and Ed ought to think about coming, by the way. Okay. We're talking about sphere sovereignty. We're talking about the difference between the French and American Revolution. Okay. 
It's going to be in Eminence, Missouri. The first day, we're staying at Circle B Campground. Okay. So you've probably been to Current yeah. River. Uh, I have not. You've not been to Current River? Never been to Current What's River. What's wrong with you, man? Uh, I'm not a big swimmer. Dude, well, you put a life jacket on. <laughs> so Jack's Fork River is up a little ways from Current. So you know Van Buren. Well, maybe you don't know Van Buren. So it's three hours away, and we stay at Circle B Campground. We have home base. We okay. camp two days. Day one, and my friend Lane Harrison's going to be be speaking as well. So me and Lane Harrison, he's out of uh, Columbia or somewhere in Missouri, north of Branson okay. is where he's at. But we're going to be there for three days, two nights. First day or second day, we're going to float 14 miles on the Jacks Fork River, and it's beautiful scenery. I mean, mm. it's, it's unreal. You're just shocked. You're looking around thinking, is this the Midwest? It's <laughs> just right. unreal. Yeah. Then the next day, we float eight miles, eight mile float. And in between those three days, we have these four sessions. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Very cool. But you and Ed ought to come. That think about good. it. So, and good. everybody else, think about coming. If you're in the Midwest, get here. We got some guys flying in too from the East. Bill Anderson's flying in from Virginia. Uh, but it's pretty sweet. That is sweet. Okay. Um, so keep going. Bye yes. Bye. No, it's all right. Um, here, at the very least, all right, and I want, I want Rush Dini to speak for himself. Mm-hmm. He can speak for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, we think, oh, you think, so you're saying theonomy is simply this, this uh, tyrannical, uh, but forcing people to submit to Christianity by the sword. Mm-hmm. He says in his book, Sovereignty, God is sovereign. He exercises total and absolute government. So th- there's your starting point. Yeah. He has created us in his image. And he, and he commands us to exercise dominion and subdue the earth. Dominion is not given to the state, nor to the church, but to man and to families. God created man to exercise dominion. It is man who is made in the image of God, not the state. The state is ordained to be a minister or deacon, a servant of God. It is a serious heir. It is a serious heir to see theocracy, the rule of God, as a government over men, by a group of men in the name of God. Mm. The biblical doctrine of theocracy means the self-government of the Christian man. At mm. the heart of theocracy is regeneration. Yeah. The, the, the complete and perfect work of Jesus Christ Amen. and the justification and the imputation of his righteousness, the absolute change of um, the fallen nature of man to a man created as a new creature in Christ, mm-hmm. where, wherein in the new covenant, the law of God, the law of God is written upon the yeah. heart. Yeah. We have been freed from the penalty, the judgment and condemnation of the law. We've been given a heart that now loves and desires God and wants to follow God. Yeah. And this, so it begins with the self-governing man. Theocracy is the Christian man who is governed by the law of God, desired to live according to the law of God in every sphere of life. Mm-hmm. That includes how he rules his family, how he work, how he lives in the in the marketplace, mm. how he how he lives in the church, all of that. So at the at the heart of the transformation of society is the work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Amen. you want how do you, so what is a theocracy? It is not by the sword. Mm-hmm. It is by the Spirit. Yeah. Right. Good. That 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 saves men. So what you want to so what, why do we, do we want to see society change? Yes. Yeah, so what do we need to do? We need to be preaching the gospel. Yeah. That's good. That's theocracy. So that breaks up, all you just said, that breaks up a ton of different caricatures of theonomy. And if you have to go back and rewind that and just listen to what Matt said, uh, so helpful. And the, the other question comes to, may come to people, what about non-Christians? Because mm-hmm. uh, I think the, and this is what Joe Boot talks about, it's really helpful, that through theonomy and this idea of the goodness of the law of God, um, 
what provides more liberty to self-governance, even to the non-Christian? Is it modern rule, modern sensibility, modern law, or the law of God? Because this is the yeah. irony of all of this, yeah. is that there's actually a, a myth about what is liberty. And yeah. even for the non-Christian, yeah. now if we're talking about spiritual liberty, spiritual slavery, there's some conversation that can happen mm -hmm. there. But when it comes to actual liberty of even non-believers, what's better, the law of God or yeah. the law of man? So it's certainly the law of God. Um, so God has given us his law. He has actually written his law upon uh, the hearts of all men. Mm -hmm. um, now, because fallen men, um, they twist that. Yeah. They, they suppress it in their unrighteousness. They twist, they twist that morality. Mm -hmm. And so C.S. Lewis, you know, he says, all men have a morality. The fact that the, yeah. the only difference is, is that there are those who who have a, a twisted morality. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, I can sleep with seven wives, but you can't sleep with my wife. Like, what? What? <laughs> Wait, what? Um, um, but I heard, you know, Doug, I heard uh, Doug Wilson say, what do you think has more, more uh, freedom in it? That is, if you were to go, this, we live in the state of Illinois, if you were to go to, you know, uh, the, the Capitol or to where all of the the, the tomes of, of law in El just in Illinois alone, mm -hmm. you would just find walls full of legislation. Yeah. Thousands, upon thousands, thousands upon thousands. Thousands of laws. Yeah, of laws. And then you have this. Right. Now, where do you think more freedom lies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Right? Where, where does more freedom lie? In, in this or in the, in the uh, uh, you know, the halls, the of, halls, the halls of, of, of legislation yeah. of just an Illinois law alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it goes back to is that God has not only he, he has he has given us. He has instituted society. Uh -huh. He has created society. Um, and the, the, the civil government is not something outside of him. He instituted civil government. Mm hmm. So has God then therefore left us to our, to our own to figure out how that works? Or as the uh, one who created and instituted civil government, mm -hmm. has he given us the rule by which civil government is to uh, abide by and yeah. govern according to? And therefore, if, if he has, we have to believe and know that God has given us all that is needed needful for life and for godliness mm -hmm. that in, in a way the way in which a society is to flourish is to abide by the law of god yeah that's good um again the 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 law is holy just righteous and good i cannot say that about anything else if there is an illinois law that we could say is holy, just, righteous, and good. It is only because it reflects the morality of the law of God. Yeah, yeah. Because if we can say if it's good, well, by what standard is it good? Yeah. Because it, it's in agreement with the law of God. Correct. Okay, so one statement about Doug Wilson, and then I thought we would end by talking about the second and third use of the law. Okay. Okay. So Doug Wilson talked about how Baptists, like Al Mohler and Russ Moore, several years ago, now they're, Russ Moore is a, a big goon, but, um, and, uh, you know, Al Mohler's walking down that path too. I heard a, a prof, a former prof from, from, um, Southern who said that, that Al Mohler will undo in his last five years as president, he will undo what he did in his first 
20 years as president of the seminary, which is tragic. It's like, man, why? Why? But Doug Wilson said, Baptists are good at defense, but they don't have a frame of reference for offense. He's like, what if they win the office? What if they actually get some victories? What do you do when you're a position of legislation? Are you going to open your Bibles or are you just going to try to figure out what works best? What do you do if you're in the position? Yeah. So this, this was a, this, this was a, one of the questions, this is a question that I pose uh, people that kind of push back against Christians who would po- push back against kind of my theonomic ethic. Mm-hmm. So if I was to say, if I was to give you three or four uh, case, case laws mm-hmm. within, within society right now, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I say, okay, you're, you're, you're the judge. I need you to look at these case laws yeah. and I need you to rule. Yeah, that's I helpful. You, I need you to rule on it, okay? What are you going to go to? Mm-hmm. How how are you, how are you with all integrity and sincerity going to make a just and righteous yep. rule on this uh, civil case law? Yeah, on this civil um, uh, incident, you're going to you're going to have to say at the end of the day, you're going to have to rule it according. Well, God's law says this. Yes, agreed. You, you um, and. Uh, so, well, that so Rush Dooney in yeah. Institutes of Biblical Law. I'm getting into that next. We we're just talking about mm-hmm. that. But from what Joe Boot is saying, what Rush Dooney did and what he recognized is that, okay, um, love God and love people, the, the greatest commandment. Yeah. And from that, you've got the Ten Commandments that um, you can kind of unfold. That the, there you've got the Ten Commandments. And then what Rush Dooney saw is that all of the case laws, all of the civil law in the Old Testament really are working out of the principles of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. So you have these Ten Commandments and then the outworkings of, of that, which would, which would pe- people would call theonomy. Mm-hmm. These are all umbrella commandments. And then all these other case laws are kind of, they're, they're, they're within those commandments, which, were, which are in the greatest commandment yeah. and, and the second that's like it. So you're talking about the threefold, you, you want to break down the threefold division of the law. Yeah. Okay. So historically, confessionally, I mean, um, you have the um, the threefold division of the law: the moral, the, the ceremonial, and the judicial. Mm-hmm. Um, confession. The, what we call the moral code was is the is the law that's been written. It's that's written upon all of men's hearts. That's mm-hmm. been was written upon Adam, uh, and can and continues to serve as a rule of righteousness from the beginning and continue on. Uh, which which all basically all confessional reformed or evangelical people today affirm that the moral law of God mm-hmm. is still present. Like the Ten Commandments Correct. are still binding and that the law of yeah. God is written in our hearts. Exactly. But within theonomy, the, the moral law is bigger, we see, yeah. than just the Ten Commandments. That the Ten Commandments, there, there's so many things that go under that. Exactly. So, so go for it. No, yeah, so you're exactly right. So <coughs> um, so the, the moral law was uh, codified and given on two tablets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first tablet dealing with our relationship to God, the second tablet dealing with our relationship with man. Let's mm-hmm. take the second tablet just for our conversation for now. Mm-hmm. It deals with our relationship between man. And yep. the second commandment, the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, okay. good. So I have the moral obligation, uh, the, the prohibition, say, to not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does that look like? Yeah. What does that mean? So do we, do we have a commentary? Do we have 
uh, principles uh, contained elsewhere that would uh, that would serve as the the guide to where I know exactly what that commandment means or that mm -hmm. what that prohibition uh, means. So you, you look at even the catechisms when they deal with the Ten Commandments. They have what is uh, allowed or what is required and what is forbidden. So you have positive and negative aspects to the, to the moral law, to the, mm -hmm. each commandment. All of those are born out of the case laws. Right. Thou shalt not steal. Okay. Uh, so what does, what does that mean? What does that look like? And what is the, say, the penalty for when somebody does do that? Mm -hmm. How am I able to... Um, to be reconciled to my brother justly if he steals from me, mm -hmm. chop his hand off. That doesn't seem very just <laughs> kill him. Uh -huh. It doesn't seem very just Well, God tells us about, he gives us laws of restitution. Mm -hmm. So within the confession, all of the confessions break down the moral, the ceremonial and the judicial. Now the, where the debate comes within theon, even within theonomy is this little phrase of the of the general equity of the law right so people today are really it's become a thing to call yourself a general equity theonomist yeah 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 and i said and i said okay that sounds good that's mm -hmm. fine i don't have a problem with that um so what the general equity is is that within the the civil code within this the judicial law of israel um that there are um, laws that govern how the commonwealth is to function mm -hmm. among uh, the society. Yeah. In those judicial laws, there are moral principles that are to, and, and, and if the moral principle uh, links itself back to mm -hmm. the, moral, uh, the moral law of God, right. then it is binding forever. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are those who just say, just take all of the judicial law and plop it in on society. Right. So that'd be the, the hardcore that, theonomist. That'd be, hardcore yeah, that'd be the, the hardcore. Yeah. Um, but even, even when, so I, I speak to Perkins because that's who, that's who I've read. I mean, he's the yeah. guy that I've read the most on. And he makes a distinction between uh, the, um, the particular equity and the, and the common equity. Okay. So he would, within the judicial law, that there are, there are particular laws that, specifically deal judicially with the nation of Israel. Yeah. But there are common, um, the common where we get general, the common equity, that is that, no, it, it, it ties itself to the, to the moral law of God. Yeah. And so therefore it is binding upon all. That's good. So the question, so then you're like, okay, what are those laws? Can, mm -hmm. do, do we have that? Well, there's been a lot of people who have done a lot of work, a lot of great work. Is there still work to be done? Absolutely. Because it hasn't been done, does that mean that we just give up and say, well, theonomy doesn't work? That doesn't, you know, I, I can't go out and buy the book that tells me exactly what I have to do. There's a lot of work. Well, so, dude, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of work to be done. Let's get our hands dirty and start doing it. Well, uh, something that's been helpful for me to think through is that the more time you spend in God's word, the more you're going to question the way things are as they are in the world. Mm -hmm. But the more time you're in, and integrated in with how the world functions. And if you're more acquainted with modern society and how just norms of 2021, well, then you're going to question the Bible. Yeah. And, and so I think something we can all rally around wherever you're at on the theonomic scale, or even if you're not on it, we should be able to agree with this, that everything God has ever done or not done is just 
true and right. Yes. It's, and it's good. There's no injustice in God. And so as we look at the Bible, we've, we've got to make careful that from the inside out, we're not judging any of the case laws, any of God's law in the Old Testament, and we're not looking at it and shrieking because of modern uh, yes, sensibilities. Yeah, that's good. And uh, we have to instead judge everything through what God has to say. God is always right, and he's always good. He's always just and right. Okay, for the sake of time, i got 15 minutes till a buddy of mine's coming here because I've got a 930. Oh, nice. So Matt came at 8, and uh, we've been hanging out a little bit beforehand, and so this has been going a little while now. Let's finish talking about, I introduced it earlier, the first, second, third use of the law when it comes to Reformed theology. First use of the law typically um, is, not typically, it's always viewed as, okay, the law of God drives people to Jesus. Yeah. It exposes our sin, shows us our need, mm -hmm. and it points us to the one who came to live perfectly, die a substitutionary death in our place, and then defeat Satan's sin of death through resurrection, ascended into heaven, and will one day return for his bride. Okay, so the first use of the law drives us to Christ. Then the tragic neglect, I think, is seen in the second and third use. So the second, second use of the law is in this civil realm. It's written upon our hearts. It's used to restrain evil in the world. Mm -hmm. And the law of God, even if you just look at the Ten Commandments, anything that says you shall not um, is intended to make it where people aren't as evil as they could be okay mm -hmm. that, that where it withholds utter depravity yes. as opposed to total, total depravity and so there are consequences uh the the state does not wield the sword in vain right. um there are civil obligations that every single you know king or governor or anybody who has governing responsibilities like the citizen does in america um you you have to understand that there is punishment for breaking law and, and that law is written upon our heart. That's why in every society, murder is wrong. Yes. In every society across the globe, murder is wrong because that's that second use of the law. It's restraining evil. And then that third use of the law comes in and it instructs us. And this is another tragic uh, neglect. It instructs the Christian on, how, okay, we know we're, we're justified. And we know that the law of God does not save us. Yes. But now we're instructed in the positive way, the good way of the law of God. Here's how life works. Mm -hmm. Like here's how we're to function. Here's we are to obey God. We're to follow his commands. We're to love his commandments. Yeah. And then it shows us in sanctification, here's how we obey. Yeah. And and that's where Rush Dooney said the the issue in sanctification is we, we need the law of God to know how to live. Yes. It doesn't empower us to live. That's what the grace of God does. That's what the favor of God, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit does. Mm -hmm. But the law of God shows us. And if we neglect that, then we just kind of live in this ethereal, I'm living in Christ, loving him. And, um, you know, just, but, you know, there's really no binding commandments that are upon me. Right. But in reality, there are. Yeah. What are the, what is, what is, what is the reality of the new covenant that the law of God is written upon the heart? Yeah. And that he causes us to obey him. Obey what? <laughs> right. Yeah. That, uh, that we are to, uh, so Romans chapter 13, that oh man, don't oh man anything but to love him. And then he, then he, then he says, uh, you know what the commandments are. And he goes through the list of the commands. So the commandments yeah. are tied directly to love. Yeah. How is it that I love my neighbor uh -huh. uh, other than following the commandments yeah. of God? Right. Not stealing from him. No, you got to put on a mask and don't go to church anymore. That's <laughs> right. how you love your neighbor, Matt. Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm having a hard time finding the chapter and verse for that. <laughs> I'm still looking though. I'm uh, always, we, always, but, always, always, always wanting to grow. Here's brother. the Lehman argument. We just use wisdom. We use wisdom so we don't go to church. Like, what the heck, nine right. marks? Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
you know, interesting, I was thinking about this on the way, you know, in Psalm 19, you know, it talks about the precepts, the judgments, uh, the commandments, uh -huh. you know, and they have all of these things. And then right in the middle, it says the fear of the, the fear of God is hmm. right in the middle of talking about the law of huh. God. Yeah. Um, now, okay. Do he's not, uh, the psalmist is not speaking of something other than, than what he's already been speaking about and continues to speak out after he uses the fear of the God, the fear of God. Uh -huh. The word of God is the fear of God hmm. in Psalm 19. Wow. The yeah. word of God is the fear of God. That's now let's, 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 uh, let's go mm -hmm. back and kind of apply that to Proverbs chapter one. Mm -hmm. What is the beginning of wisdom? Fear of God. So where do we find wisdom? The, the word, word of God. God. Yeah. Um, it all goes back to God's word. It all mm -hmm. goes back to God's revelation. Has God spoken? Yes, he has. Therefore, what has he said about? Yeah. Situation. Okay, so if so, in sanctification, you're talking about sanctification. Yeah, it serves. It, it does again. You're you're exactly you're absolutely right. The law does not have the power to sanctify in and of itself, but what it does is it serves as um, the the righteous pattern, the righteous rule by which we are to govern ourselves. Yeah, and to live according to God says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." Um, love is tied directly to the law. How do we express? We can say that we love God, we can we love Jesus all day long. But if it is not backed up by by what we do, then it's just hot air. Yeah. We the the expression of love is <laughs> yeah. in what we do. <clears throat> and and for the for the justified man, the law of God is a law of liberty. That's what James says. Yes. This is where we find freedom in obeying him. Yes. And this isn't this isn't uh God taking a wet blanket upon the believer and well, you've got my grace, now I'm gonna I'm gonna put a wet blanket upon you by giving you my law and telling you my commandments. Yeah. You know? This is freedom. This is, we yeah. get freedom now to obey. Um, now, so, so with the unbeliever then, so it's like, oh, so what about the unbeliever? Okay, I, I'm tracking with you. This is what a Christian is to do, right? Um, well, would you want anything for your, would you want anything for your neighbor that you don't want for yourself? Yeah, seriously. If you, if, yeah, if you think, good. if you think that the law of God is what is, what is the way in which you are to live and to flourish in society, mm. well then, how is there any other standard that would bring flourishing to your neighbor yeah so that's why sodomite marriage is not an issue that's that's disconnected from what the word of god says mm -hmm. so you know or as again to drop doug wilson's name same-sex mirage You're right the reason why because that's not good for people it's dishonoring of god yeah. and it's destructive and it's a direct <laughs> violation of the creation mandate i mean it's life is going to end with us we're not going to bear fruit and multiply. Right. Life ends with me. Mm -hmm. And that's not good for people. Right. It's not good for individuals. It's not good for society. And it's an affront to God. And so, they, And they don't want to say it. But here, the reality is, I would say, I would say the majority, at least, at least all the people that I have talked to and, and, and interact with, dude, it is, it is seriously, dude, we say these things because we honestly love our neighbor. Yes. We, 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 we do. We love our neighbor. Like if, if we didn't love you, we would, we would remain silent and we would, um, we would, um, uh, agree with, with your lifestyle, but we would affirm you to we would affirm. Yeah. We would affirm exactly that lifestyle. And that's, you know, Jesus, you said, when Jesus ate with sinners, yeah, he sure did. And guess what he did? He called them all to repentance. Yes. Amen. So dude, I, I'm going to, I am, I embrace you. I love you. You are my neighbor. I am commanded to love you, and this is how God has told me to love you. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you that for for your good, for your benefit, um, and ultimately, in to bring you to repentance to faith in Christ, mm -hmm. and ultimately your your eternal 
soul yeah. hangs in the balance. It is not because we hate you. Mm -hmm. Quite the opposite. Yeah. And uh, just because you don't like it or like our definition of love, mm -hmm. you can't you can't project like, uh, well, yeah, you say you love me, but I just don't believe you. Well, uh -huh. I, I don't know what to do for you. Then I'm telling right. you, this is what God has said love is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, loving someone does not require their acceptance of that love. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Jesus says deny yourself, not affirm yourself. So exactly. <laughs> that's very good. Uh, <laughs> affirmation is the is the road to hell, basically. <laughs> uh, what, uh, if somebody's interested, they're liking what they're hearing, and please hear what we have and have not said. We have not said that the law of God saves, because this is what happens in conversations about the law of God, is the caricatures, the, mal the maligning, um, and, the God, and the law can't even motivate us to obedience. Um, but the law is good. That's what we've been saying. So what's a good entry point for people? If they're interested, I read Greg Bonson's uh, article on only like 34, 40 pages on yeah. the theonomic, theonomic ethic of, I don't know, forget it. It was on monergisms, but yeah. <clears throat> so it's a good starting point. Good starting point. Uh, if you can still, if you can find it, uh, I, it's, I think, it, I think it's still in print, at least maybe on his website too. Um, Kenneth Gentry okay. has a good little book called, I think it's called God's law. Okay. And uh, it's, it's modern use or something or it's application okay. in, in life. Uh, that's a good one. Um, you know, th there has been a, t a bunch of blog posts, you know, I think American vision, mm -hmm. Gary DeMar does a, a lot of good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of blog posts out there. Um, I mean, you know, I would, you know, Rush Dooney's is, uh, uh, volume one of his institutes. It's, it's weighty, it's heavy, but this was, it was born out of the fact that when he was a, a missionary on an Indian reservation, and he came in and he saw just the rampant immorality. He, he, he said, what, what am I, what am I going to do? Like, mm. how am I going to govern them? Yeah. And he started preaching on the commandments mm. and that birth, cool. that birthed the, the institutes. So um, if you want, I mean, take your time. Like I don't, this is not a, this is not a subject that's just like, you're going to read one little book and be like, Oh yeah, I get got that. it. Got it simple um take your time and work through uh rush Dooney's exposition of the commandments mm -hmm. um don't get in a hurry uh wrestle and chew on yeah. on what he has i mean you know and then you know he has a book called by what standard i think bonson has a, a little book called by what standard you know all of these things if you know um so there's just there is a ton there is a ton out there um but cool yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we've been talking to the Matt Hartline. <laughs> thanks, man. Really, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We'll have to do it again. It's exciting. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.